0: Hey, partner! This is an audio recording of Buffalo Bills Mafia, an episodic mythical adventure. Each week, we transform real-world football games into an epic alternate universe. If you enjoy your Marvel movies or your NFL, we invite you to sit back, relax, and experience fantasy football that you can only imagine. Welcome to the Buffalo Bills. This is Los Angeles. What happened in Kansas? We're going to go all the way. Episode 2 New Fort York. By me, Travis Carlson. Nine months ago. Buffalo Nation. Help! Help! Bellowed Dawkins, far outside New Fort York. White wolves howled. It was a fever dream. Hawkeye Johnson would be on lookout. He could do it. Help! Screamed Dawkins, clenching his teeth and heaving the load of bison fur on his shoulders. He'd hear. He'd run the icy stockade planks toward the western shouts. Toward him. Dawkins pushed forward, raging himself. It had been more than a day and a night of hours. Johnson would... Three sharp alert whistles chirped. Yes, thank you. Ye. Dawkins exhaled. Bates would stand guard. Morse would storm out. Doc would wake. McDermott would know what to do. Help was on the- Dawkins collapsed. His face in the snow, ice cold water from Little Niagara Creek flowed against his own furs and sweat and blood, relieving and painfully cold. He pushed with the last of his strength against the bison-wrapped load on his back. It crunched to the frozen rocks. Dawkins couldn't speak for lack of breath, but pulled back the fur. The bloodied head, battered, swollen beyond feature. No breath. No. No! Dawkins shook it with his frost frost-bit fist. Angry. Stay! He yelled. <coughs> A cough. Alive, Josh of Allentown. My! Josh breathed three times, but his jaw was broken. What? asked Dawkins, freezing beside him. He hadn't spoken since the border. "'Philly, go back!' Ah, Dawkins let out a groan like he'd been jabbed physically. "'Brother... horse... go back!' Came again, the gravel left as Josh's voice. "'I know Philly's your horse, brother.' She was his sole companion for the four years and before." Adventure, isolation, the landmarks of the frontier, and one's own coming of age. And she truly saved his life on myriad occasion, as he had rescued her from his many terrors. I'm going. His eyes meant it. His neck moved to break free of either bounds or body, whichever came first. No, Josh. Easy, easy, damn it. You see, I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to tell you something. Dawkins got his numb fist on Josh's wounded shoulder. She's died, Josh. You lost her, and I'm mighty sorry. No. Yes, Josh. Josh jerked his broken face toward the snowfall. Painful tears ran down the mud and blood to his ears. Blackness. Blackness. An ugly cast of faces looked down at him. Who is he? A scout? Spry. Fur trapper, probably. Their scowls and scars and tired eyes were wet with snow and mud. Cowboy hats, wild hair, and pajamas with overcoats marked this ragtag crew. I found him like this in the disputed land, said Dawkins. No weapon and no horse. The gang clamored all at once, arguments, accusations, confessions, and sarcasm. Then it stopped with two words. Lieutenant General. There was one voice that couldn't stop in time and the last to hear. Who is he? An Irish voice spoke in the silence, a voice Josh recognized. This, here, is Josh of Josh is a long-range gunslinger, and it seems one hard-to-kill Maverick. That's not the boy Maverick, asked some well-read voice. What? Tiny Bear Morse, a giant, stepped forward, spit on his hand and wiped blood off the man's left cheek. He startled back. I'll be, said someone, astonished. The XVII tattoo. 17. There, inked on his cheek forever. It's true. Talkers had been telling of a maverick gunslinger walking the west beyond New Fort York. As brave or as boyishly foolish he was, marked was he with a tattoo for each year he and his suffered in the great drought. Seventeen years. X-V-I-I. For this crew in the lamplight, a story had come to life. I have asked after Gardner Dawkins to keep an eye out for him since, since really before I even met the kid, said McDermott. He had no tales about him then in the sands, no pretty certificates in the Ivy Libraries either. Just sceptics. The Irish gleam faded from Lieutenant General's eyes. He got to business. Doc Edmonds, see to it he recovers. Uh, yes, sir. Bill, see to it he learns the ways of the Mafia. A, as one of us. Many boomed as one. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Not clowns, then, Josh thought. I'm going to set the bone now, kid, said Doc. Sorry, what? asked Josh. Snap! Before we be closing up this story before the story, it's sentimental to know that shortly after our Josh woke up, and, well, before he could fully walk, he snuck from the nurse bed and into a blizzard without waking Doc Edmonds or his family. In slow week's time, he found his filly, the only and the greatest steed of the four years. Josh threw a burning powder horn to scatter the coyotes and challenged the rest with a knife until they surrendered. He buried her in the dark days in the frozen dirt of the disputed lands. He thanked the spirits for her and tied a braid of her mane to his hip to allow her arenda to strengthen him. The mounted gunslinger with no horse and no gun walked the frontier that spring and summer. Just a man. He walked in the shadows of the chimney rock. In the grand gorge. In the buffalo herd. In the rain. What could he have done different? What could he do now? Start again from nothing? The end of the drought didn't end pain. He grieved the loss with this pain then anger, and finally peace. For grief, too, was a process. Look who decided to show up. Josh turned around in a pine forest, away from the distant fort and village noise to see a cowboy behind him, an elusive one at that. Go Bills, Josh offered in peace. The handsome man smiled broad. Yeah, go Bills. As he rode across the Niagara Creek in custom-tailored uniform, the afternoon sun behind him glared off the splashes and a pair of chromium six-shooters. A cowboy in shining armor-plated pistols. This man was a gunslinger. Captain Taylor, mounted infantry, Buffalo Bills. Josh took his hand. Ah, it's an honor to meet you, sir. Tyrod Taylor, the fastest draw from the holster and the race line. Letting go of his hand in the long silence, Taylor said, "Say your name now. I know it, but you're supposed to say it." Oh, Tyrod, I'm am sorry. Or er, Captain Taylor, I'm I'm real sorry. Josh shook his hand again to make up for it. See, all you did there was just say my name, Josh of Allentown, sir. It's real sorry. Josh. Allen. Of Allentown. Josh whispered to himself. "'It's a lot more detailed up close,' said Captain Taylor, pointing quick to the wooden ford in the train station in the middle of the endless frontier. "'Ah, <laughs> uh, no, sir. I can walk. I'm—' um, Josh turned away to muster the strength to speechify the truth. "'Well, I'll say it. I'm still mighty sad about my horse and decided—decidedly I won't ever ride again,' Captain Taylor had already left." I didn't offer no ride, come on. Josh caught up with a few bounds and found himself striding up Buffalo Hill for the first time and some pumpkins. Somebody was growing pumpkins. Fall already, even in the heat, and and what is that smell? Cheerios, kid. Cheerios. Mrs. Baker roasts them fresh every day. Wow. Country boy, you're about to experience the sophistication of a real town. New Fort York has somewhere between 75 and 100 permanent residents. That's the most citified center in the entire realm. And not one of them folks is a farmer. Though, I suppose they do all keep buffalo gardens. And chickens. Taylor looked back and forth for eavesdroppers, then whispered, It's for their wings. They came up past the Niagara Creek water mill with a great wheel spinning in emerald waters, dripping and splashing along the mill race. The mill can be outfitted for any industry, from grain to textile ubers, but there's always the most demand for tables. Tables? Yep. Across the creek, hooves clunking on the wooden bowstring truss bridge, Josh stared up at the two twin watchtowers of New Fort York. Save for the copper-plated tower roofs, the whole structure and stockade walls were made from interlinked logs. Rippling above it was the stars and bolts of the buffalo flag. Hey, go Bills! Go Bills. (laughs) Go Bills. The duo passed under the open gate, exchanging smiles and greetings. The gate guard recesses had been substituted, or at least shared, by a big cook, Gabriel, according to the hanging sign. Delicious smoke and spices perfumed the gate. Must be where they all get their wings, thought Josh, exchanging with Gabriel uh, the bills. (laughs) Go, Bill! Inside the spiked elmwood walls and catwalks stood a whole village of small buildings, tents, and a barracks, all of them connected by wooden aqueducts, like gold rush flumes linking the water wheel, reservoir tanks, buildings, three sisters' roof gardens, and cascades. The irrigation system glittered in the sunlight. No more drought. <laughs> the best man made cascade is in the train station yonder. Josh turned. Is that? <laughs> I wondered if you'd recognize it. Along the plain but crafted train platform, which featured two whole sets of tracks and the aforementioned cascade chimney, water down, smoke up, sat the train, all protected by the walls of the fort, stationed at rest. The Graceful Stampede Locomotive. Mafia engineers washed its chromium-silver steam engine and its carriages of royal blue, red, and silver horizons. Hand-painted on the side, it read, Buffalo Bills, Wild West, and Congress of Rough Riders of the World. (laughs) It didn't look like that in the great drought times, exclaimed Josh, though he'd heard tall tales about what it had become. No, said Captain Taylor. Stampede has come a long way since our stint in vaudeville. Now that Pullman is a palace on wheels and formidable in battle. Battle, asked Josh. It does say wild, Wes, don't it? Captain Taylor didn't say anything, but kept looking at Josh until he was forced to ask, is that rhetorical? Yes, said the mounted captain. What else have we got here to show you now? Uh, Outpost command, cavalry stables, Milano's Explosives Armory, and that there is a terribly large hornet's nest nobody messes with, and, well, of course, the silos. Josh spun to see each locale in the fort, but had to let Taylor's stallion step aside to really focus on the White Rock silos. What's in them? Dignity, said Captain Taylor. Our dignity. You'll learn about that another time. Some precious resource? Seems like you have a lot of it. Josh could tell by the chalk marks on the outside and the smiles on the working mafia men and women hoisting crates high. What does one call a dignity worker then, Josh thought. Dignitaries, perhaps? It was all new to him. One can never have enough dignity, said Taylor, as he took a handful of the flakes from a woven basket and released them into the waters of the raceway. The nature of man, being what it is, The nature of your man, perhaps, said a friendly architect, native to the Buffalo Nation. Our people have long lived in harmony with the resources of this world. We do not value a man for what he takes and keeps for himself, but what he gives away. You are right, my friend. You are right, said Captain Taylor respectfully, and we must continue to remind our enemies of that. This is true. "'Trust the process,' said the architect in farewell. "'Go Bills!' "'Go Bills!' Josh added, waving. "'The two gunslingers turned toward the open gate. "'You'll find that the great people of the Buffalo Nation, "'from their townhouses, teepees, tents, or tailgates, "'share the same heart. "'They are exceedingly generous, loyal, and genuine. "'That's a culture that's rare in the Near Ages,' Of all the 30-some worlds I've seen, it's here. Small, but an overlooked pocket of goodness. Well, I've seen it. Come and raised on a homestead. Sure, son. Your family had it, no doubt. And some of the sons of guns you met in the four years likely did, too. But you are yet to meet the rest of this land's mafia. Best to sit, or their kind of love will knock you over and that there captain taylor finished looking from the townsfolk direct to josh's eyes that is worth protecting that's what you do asked josh a young man who could also be described as generous loyal and genuine in a word and a word is enough for now we'll miss sundown taylor led them out of the smoky delicious gabriel gate They had a look at the wide, dirt street that made up the entirety of the town. Some four big blocks that soon just ended where the road became Prairie Trail. And farther still, that trail became the Orchard. Then the Grand Gorge, Erie Basin, and Monument Escarpment. It felt harmonious for this street to be capped by the designs of Mother Nature, the first tenant of the Buffalo Nation. In nature was a world Josh knew well. But this, this a saloon pianola played shout main street boy ox carts pulled horses trotted shop bells chimed and the mafia folks bustled suits dresses feathers and top hats all with blue and red accents it's unbelievable line shoulder to shoulder every shop and specialty one could ever imagine in a high society like this the anchor bar Duff's saloon elmo's public house bar bill 9-11 Tavern, Jean McCarthy's Inn, all of them three-story structures with a front porch, hitching posts, and chicken wings, with rooms to rent. And stay out, yelled the proprietor with her hair up and an apron on. A few cowboy hats and parasols turned. A porch sweeper stopped, all to see a drunk tumble into the mud. He asked for ranch. The townsfolk scoffed and turned away from him. Sober up, rancher said captain taylor pulling him to his feet you're too roostered if you ain't calling for blue cheese yes sir go bells. go bells. you remember doc edmund's house yonder then that building's town hall the general split time there it had an artful decorative look to it do all the bills live here in town you eager to meet them proper meet them could i The captain laughed. (laughs) We live all over the Buffalo Nation. Some are here on defense of the fort, even though there ain't ever been an attack off-season. And some do live in town, looking to wake snakes. But most of us prefer to live under the stars on the open range. Campfires, cricket bugs, scenery as mighty full as God. I see. Josh heard it all, but he was still marveling at each unique building they passed. This bank had a type of domed roof, that schoolhouse had a bell tower with carved wooden gargoyles. Omnipresent, the tinny plunking player piano kept hammering shout, with patrons in every window singing along. Folks of all type. Clothes, color, class, chanting together. Red in the face. Hey, hey! Hey, hey! Pa wouldn't even believe me. Hey, Captain! It was a Pony Express kid with buff teeth. Yes, little Kate? Is that Josh of Allentown with you? Go on and ask him, said Taylor, tussling his brown hair. Mister? The kid turned but didn't look him in the eye. I seen your mark on your cheek, a 17, and I was wondering if that makes you boy maverick or... or, Sorry. He finally glanced up at him and then lost all his nerves and silenced into a groan. Josh of Allentown, my friend. Captain Taylor gave Josh a nod. Kate said the boy, handing up an envelope, aged by months of hard travel in the saddlebags. Go Bills! Cade ran off to the Terracotta Pony Express office with telegraphs and guarantees, too, lettered in the glass. The circular upper windows read, Poyer and Hyde, Attorneys at Law. As Alan glanced at the envelope, he simply pocketed it for later when Taylor started talking about the two Esquires. Best in the near ages they are brilliant decorated veterans of the water war to end the drought so are you captain proud to have been a part of it to be a part i've heard the campfire tales exclaimed josh then this here is the buffalo theater said the captain changing the subject sharing the alleyway was a cat hunting a mouse and broadway's general store the last on either side besides the water tower their stop was the old library and the new barn painted elegant square dance hall and moving picture show. What kind of wings you want? Asked the captain. The duo sat atop the water tower platform. They watched the sunset, pink and purple, and orange and navy over the mountain horizon. They filled their tin cups from the tap and ripped rich, juicy chicken meat off the bones. You know you got the name for it, said Taylor. A show at the Buffalo Theater was starting to draw a crowd from the range. A bluegrass band played Iris for the lovers in the dance hall. A V of geese flew between the cloud castles. For greatness. What? All the great gunslingers have two first names. Jim Kelly, Tom Brady, Josh Allen. Tyrod Taylor. (laughs) (laughs) Ha! Laughed the captain. You're the twin pistoled mounted gunslinger who ended the longest drought in the Near Ages. It reset the era. The captain didn't say anything, just looked at his dangling boots and back at the sunset. Josh didn't notice that there was something to notice, and he grabbed two more flats. Besides, those guys have storybook names because they aren't real. They're just legends. Captain Taylor pointed far away as he spotted the flicker of a campfire being lit. Little more than a lightning bug from here. Josh spotted it too. What though? Asked Taylor, finally processing. Machine Gun Kelly and the Immortal aren't real? No? Josh looked at him with a look of don't be ridiculous. Captain Taylor didn't smile though, so he specified. Well, they're real characters from the legends. Tall tales, but they're just bedtime stories to warn kids about the Patriots. You still are a kid, joked Captain Taylor when suddenly a sonic boom shattered the twilight into pieces. Taylor reflexively covered his head, then lunged to his chest to reach for the tumbling Josh, five stories above his death. Josh screamed as his hair became the only thing holding him up. His eyes saw an alien craft, like a flying train engine, rocket through the sky. Conical clouds detonated into concussions. Bullets of wind smashed flanks from the buildings. A horse to the ground. Normal sounds were made silent, and only between Cloudbursts did their volume rise again for a moment. Without asking, Captain Taylor lift-tossed Josh for just a moment by the head, so that when he let go, which he did, by the way, no, no, Josh could throw his hand into Tyrod's forearm. Yeah, got it, yelled Josh. i know! no, yelled Tyrod. The bullet craft ripped back around with an explosive sound both gunslingers turned to watch and snapped again as it flew past the town and the fort were circled by a spiraling scratch of clouds taylor swung josh toward a wooden ladder nailed to the frame his impact pulled six nails straight out they didn't land though but flew on the next concussion toward the fort the alert whistle blew from the lookout tower thank you as if anyone had missed the sound of a mountain falling on the town The craft skipped over a hill near the buffalo trail, exploding mud and worms. Josh and Tyrod swung down the structure. Johnny and the other goo-goo dolls ran from the barn with a few fleeing couples as others ran in. One screaming man dove onto a flaming wooden table. Poyer and Hyde, Esquires, sprinted up the street and removed their spectacles. Doc Edmonds came out of the buffalo theater. Tiny Morse, still giant, ripped doors off a stagecoach to use as shields. The craft shook the earth as it plowed its way to the foot of Main Street. Defensive positions, Doc shouted. Taylor drew his glaring pistols in a flash. His stallion charged past, and he effortlessly jumped on. The pulsing, grounded engines were still roaring too loud to speak. It broke the sound barrier six times, yelled Hyde. Yet its shell withstood the full-speed collision, added Poyer. What could be that strong? Whatever it is, I don't like it boomed tiny bear morse the engines began to scream down tyrod rode his stallion back to the center and halted fast what should we do captain asked josh no horse no weapon taylor replied we're all captains just then a robotic man sprung higher than the water tower and blue flames landed him hard to the western main street metal and screens flashed a distorted voice spoke through speakers I come in peace. A metallic breath. I am 40 Miller class. The rocket spaceship silenced, as did the entire frontier town. I come from the future. Tune in next week for the next thrilling chapter of Buffalo Bill's Mafia. Hello, and thank you for listening to this episode of Buffalo Bills Mafia. This is Travis, your writer and narrator. This uh, this concludes the the kind of the prologue, which sort of set the stage for the the Bills season this year, and begins to explore uh, what life is like in this alternate universe, which is which is based on our our gameplay and our own Buffalo history and culture because as we play opponents, we will start to travel to different alternate realities, uh, beginning with Los Angeles in 2049, sort of a Blade Runner future, which I'm very excited to fill you in on. That is actually available right now, as well as many more games and universes and dramas, um, highs and lows as the Bills season has kicked off, and this alternate universe is right there with it. So all of this is available at panamericanfilms.com for free anytime you like, or you can subscribe to this channel that you're listening to this right now as more podcasts are on their way. It is completely a labor of love. I'm enjoying doing it, and I hope you're enjoying listening. So I will see you next time in this wild, wild west and the future Los Angeles. And until then, go Bills.